Uh, yes, yes, we'll both have a, a mimosa. That'd be great. Yes. So, how nice is it that we're getting to record from Zack Snyder's pool house and his his helpers here yeah. are great. With permission this time. Isn't it weird to be served drinks by Henry Cavill? It is. The only thing that's weird is that all the drinks are painted in a weird filter and that everything is done in slow motion. Yeah, he but it's that weird speed ramping, so like it looks like he's <laughs> running at us and all of a sudden it slows down and he just kind of like graciously hands us the I drink. do think it's um, incredibly emblematic and on point that every single one of Zack Snyder's manservants are incredibly chiseled. Yes, and shirtless. Yeah. And oiled. All the, all the time. With beards, they're <laughs> actually all Gerard Butler. Hey, Mr. Butler. How are you? Doing good. The Butler Butler? Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> that's, that's right. great. He's um, a butler. Yeah. Do you get, get it? it? Do you get it, everybody? Guys, yeah. are you with us? Yeah. Ha. Testing. Ha. Is this thing on? Sibowitz. <laughs> Sibowitz? I, I don't know either. But um, um, but yeah, so we're recording appropriately because we've decided to do another stuff too. I think we had mentioned it in one of our other episodes. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, this is, especially with the slate of upcoming DCEU movies coming out. I mean, we're releasing this episode on the day that Wonder Woman's coming into right. theaters. And we figured it was, yeah. people, people need to talk about it. Yeah. We have our fingers crossed that Wonder Woman is going to be good. Yes. But past history is telling us that that, that is not, not going to be the case. That it is not going to be good. Um, right now, now I, I feel like we, I feel like this is kind of like that movie we need to talk about, Kevin. Yes. Where it's like, you have a son who is possibly going to become a, a serial killer or yeah. shoot up a school. Right. And that's basically what we're talking. I mean, I'm sorry, Zach. I appreciate you letting us record in your studio. I mean, your studio. <laughs> your, <laughs> your studio house. apartment. Right. I, I appreciate you letting us do that. But um, we need we need to talk about Zach. We need to talk about the DCEU. Yeah. Some, it, something's going wrong. Yeah. They can't keep changing direction. I think that's part of the problem is that they're scrambling right now. Right. And how can they fix that? So I say we talk about it right now. Let's refresh our drinks. Let's roll the beautiful intro, and we'll be right back. Moody and stuff. stuff. I love your stuff. Weird stuff. Sensitive stuff. Taxi stuff. Evil stuff. Piggling little stuff. Heavy stuff. Big boy stuff. Super cool stuff you wouldn't understand. The right stuff. These drinks are really good. They are. They're very strong. Mine is a little glossy without substance. Oh, I'm going to be honest. All right. That makes sense. Mine is a bit computer animated without much substance. Mine feels like they just tried to put too many different alcohols into it. Yeah. And it didn't really become a cohesive functioning unit. Right. It's just like they were trying to shove too much in there. I think like, okay, the problem with my drink is that there's too many Marthas in it. Is there? There are. Are there? Is there... Is is anyone else not realizing that we are using our drinks as an analogy for the DC Cinematic Universe? Because if you're not up on that, that's what we're talking about. Take that, metaphors. Boom. <laughs> In your face. But, I mean, this is a serious topic. I mean, in our other stuff, too. <laughs> But our yeah. other stuff, too, is we actually dive down into some of these things that need to be fixed. Jay, in our current socioeconomical climate... <laughs> 
the fact that you just said, but seriously, guys, this is something we need to talk about. Okay, this is something. This is serious. You go fuck yourself. Our president's <laughs> taking the country down in hell in a handbasket. There's nothing we can do about this. This is something we can solve. It's true. We, we can, need to figure out what the fuck is wrong with DC yeah. movies because, in all honesty, you and I both love the DC canon Definitely. of comics. Definitely, there are so many good stories. There are so many good characters that. Something is going drastically wrong, and the fact that they cannot or will not make a good movie is very problematic. I will say, first off, one of the things that I want to I address right off the bat before people think we're lumping everything in together, we are specifically addressing the DC Cinematic movie theatrical release universe. Yes. I think DC animation has been on point for several years now. They are putting out some really solid yeah, uh, animated movies. And I would actually agree with you right there. And I do want to uh, offer some additional clarification. We are not talking about television adaptations. None of the CW shows. Those are very well done. We are also not talking about, what I would say out the one-offs because there are a lot that are outside of the DCEU as they call it <clears throat> that have some quality. And we'll mention some of those along the way. Cause sure. that's a talking point that I want us to get into. We are mainly focused on the current run canon of films that they are trying to produce. Right. And that which originated with man of steel. Originated with Man of Steel, but they tried to originate it with Green Lantern. That was no. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. That was just a no. They tried to do some of these, and we're also not, and before anyone gets their panties in a twist, we are also not including the Christopher Nolan trilogy of Batman films. I don't consider that part of this. Those are fantastic, and we have nothing but love and respect for those films. Yeah, well, except for the third one. I honestly don't have much problem with it. It's not as good as The Dark Knight. It cannot compete as a follow-up, but I don't have a lot of strict problem with the third one. That's fine. We can talk about it on a separate episode. Okay, well, let me just ask. Dark Knight Rises Yes. versus Man of Steel. I would 100... uh, I liked Man of Steel. Better than Dark Knight Rises? Um, maybe. So okay, so you hesitate. They're equal footing. I Dark Knight Rises versus Green Lantern. <laughs> Dark Knight Rises all day long. Dark Knight Rises versus Dawn of Justice. Uh, Dark Knight Rises. Dark Knight Rises long. versus Suicide Squad. Dark Knight Rises. Okay, that's what we're talking yeah. about. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree with that. Um, but speaking of Man of Steel, let's let's dive in with the fir- their first, um. One that got a foothold because Green Lantern was kind of an abortion as soon as it came out. People didn't really go see it. It didn't perform well at the box office. It was critically panned. Um, and rightly so. Come on, computer animated suit. Well, that was that was kind of the weird thing is um, I think it was Martin Campbell who directed that, who is actually a really impressive director. He did uh, Casino Royale, mm-hmm. which was a fantastic. Re- he rejuvenated yeah. the James Bond franchise. Yeah. But for some reason, Ryan Reynolds is actually a good uh, cast. He's like, perfect lead ha- cast for the for Hal. Sure, they wanted to make you know they wanted to go with the schmarmy Hal Jordan test pilot. Now again, I'm going to have almost a problem with any movie Blake Lively's in, but that's a whole other story. Sure. That's a whole other story. I'll tell you who doesn't have a problem with it: Ryan, Ryan Reynolds. Reynolds. Yeah, am or I, his penis. Am I right? Yeah. Uh, but so that movie we won't even you know contemplate. We'll talk about. Man of Steel. Man of Steel, I remember when the buzz hit that 
Superman was getting a reboot. Um, and they another reboot, by the way, because don't we can never forget of the Kevin Spacey. Superman that is movie. that is true. The Superman Returns, yes, which was technically supposed to be in line with the original Superman like series of films. Like they wanted to kind of tack that on as a yeah. continuation ish. Um, but we're not talking about that one either. No. That can also fall into the what the fuck is DC doing? Right, category. Totally. totally. Um, no, this one I want to address because I remember when the movie or when the buzz started happening, they were like, okay, we're going to reboot and we're going to do, we want to do the Marvel thing. We want to take our characters and we want to make a interconnected cinematic universe. And I remember they used the good fortune that Christopher Nolan's name was carrying yep. at the time because he had just finished up the Dark Knight trilogy. Mm-hmm. And I remember the very first like teaser trailer that didn't even really show footage from the movie. It was just kind of like some sweeping cinematic landscape shots. And I remember it said from Christopher Nolan. And you're like, ooh. And and visionary director Zack Snyder. <laughs> Asterix. <laughs> uh, comes Man of Steel. And I remember thinking in those originally opening shots that they put out in the teaser – it looked very realistic, right? Kind of like the Dark Knight series. Right. I was like, "Ooh, they're gonna Dark Knight Superman," which, <laughs> yeah, they use as a verb, but yes, one hundred percent. Like they're gonna they're gonna do a Christopher Nolan version of Superman. I was like, I can kind of get behind that, like kind of a more grounded, realistic right. version. Well, then when I saw the Zack Snyder pop up, I was like, "Oh, wait a minute." <laughs> <laughs> Zack Zack Snyder isn't necessarily known for doing like ultra realistic uh, semicolon. Uh, right. Pause on That's this. weird. Um and then when the first footage came out, um like the first trailer, I remember watching it and going, "Okay, so they're basically making a 300 version of Superman. Like they want a very stylized mm-hmm. Very action oriented, very like high on spectacle, high Superman. Superman. They do. They want the Fast and the Furious of Superman. I don't like that analogy. You don't? I, I mean, don't like it, it's fitting with the movie that was made, but I don't like that analogy. Um, <laughs> but I mean, I agree with that because one of the things that I will not take away from Zack Snyder is he can make things that look good totally and that to me is almost an inherent problem with the dceu is that they've put a lot of chips in the Zack snyder pool house they've yeah I and mean, we're surrounded by these chips they basically that, that DC has put in this he in, did on man him. of steel it was released it didn't get very good response no like, it made money yes they all it, make money but it definitely like critics weren't like this is fucking brilliant this is the direction they need to go in so i i from the get-go found it very odd that they were like you know who we need to keep by our side Zack snyder i almost felt like Zack snyder had some like polaroids of like the heads of the company like i don't know banging goats or something and he was just like <laughs> He was like, listen. <laughs> it's a Black Mirror season yeah. one. It is exactly. He's like, listen, guess who's running the DCU now? Me. Yeah. Well, and they put him in charge of the DCU yeah, for a while. Until like, it. what, last year yeah. when they kind of like, let's get him out of the Which sandbox. Which is crazy because now they've they put out, let's see, Man of Steel, 
Batman v Superman and Suicide Squad. It took three critically panned and somewhat fan maligned movies for them to go, you know what? Maybe Zack Snyder (laughs) isn't our guy, but um, let's let's let him do Justice League. (laughs) Both of them. And let's keep him as a producer for Flash. Let's keep him as a producer for Aquaman. Like, let's just keep him around. But the, one of the things that I think this, okay, if we're going to talk about Zack Snyder, and I think we need to have a deeper discussion later on what the DCU, DCEU can do to fix kind of the trajectory sure, that they're totally. on. But one of the things about Zack Snyder that I do not think he does well um, and I don't know, this is going to be such a controversial statement, but he makes things that look good. Sure. He can actually do satire quite well, even if he's not intending to. Like 300 is kind of a, a, an un, un, uh, unknown and unpurposeful satire of masculinity. Sure. Um, you know, Dawn of the Dead is a, a satire of consumerism at least it's supposed to be sure you know sucker punch is sort of a satire of the way people treat women i thought sucker punch is kind of a satire of movies (laughs) you know watchmen its source material is a satire of the comic universe and so when he made it uber stylized that's the one that i think sort of works that works in in his favor yeah and i genuinely do not think that was intentional i know that's what i'm saying is that that's i think he does all of that accidentally i think that was actually some executive in warner brothers genius idea yeah. they're like let's just fucking get Zack snyder in here right because it's supposed to yeah. be like huge and a spectacle and it's supposed to but it, the undercurrent is supposed to be like this isn't how ridiculous is this it's almost like when you have those relatives that are always 30 minutes late to something, so you tell them that the right. event starts 30 minutes early, so they hit right where right. you want it to. I heard They it just was... hired Zack Snyder, and they're like, hey, make this a grand visual feast of excitement and high octane, and he made the satire movie they were wanting. I'm sure the shortlist was probably him and Joel Schumacher. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, well, Michael Bay's out. Um, Shul- right. what, what's Schumacher doing, and what's Snyder doing? They're like, oh, they're both doing nothing. It's like, great, can we get one of them right um don't tell snyder what we're trying to right. do and that one works like i actually genuinely totally. like, I like that movie. Too. what i think Zack snyder does not do well and what nolan did with his uh, batman movies is yes he made them gritty yes he made them stylized and yes he brought them down to earth but he also very much humanized the elements so it's not like grand serums and you know superpowers and it's human beings dealing with outside of their realm. Absolutely. Issues. Zack Snyder cannot do human. Do people. Yeah. He cannot do human elements. And Man of Steel is a great example of this. If you take Zack Snyder out of the picture, almost everybody else involved with that film should have come together to make a fantastic film. I think Henry Cavill is a very good Superman. Oh, I think he's great. I think he looks the part. I think he's a fine actor. Sure. Um, uh, Lawrence Fishburne. Kevin Costner. Kevin Costner. Michael Shannon. Amy Adams. So the the lineup. The groundwork was there. Is great. But what you need with a Superman movie is you need the human element because... That's legitimately what the story is about, is someone coming from another planet 
who has all this power on earth and connecting with the human race. Sadly, and I think we're going to find this to be a recurring um a recurring thing throughout um talking about these DCU movies. Um I feel like and this is I know something that's very important to you because you hate this the most. I feel like in each one of these movies is a good movie. They're so close. And like you're talking about the human the human element to talk about Man of Steel. They did some things that I have always wanted to see and were very humanizing, but then they would just gloss right over mm-hmm. it. Like the scene in Man of Steel <clears throat> where Clark as a child has that moment where he suddenly sees everybody or he sees through everybody because right. of his x-ray vision and he freaks out yes. about it. That's such a human moment because he didn't know how to react to that and it scared him. Right. And I was like, yes, like this is it. Yeah. Right. Because he doesn't know he's an alien. So like if you were sitting in class one day and suddenly you saw everyone's internal organs, yes. you, it would scare the shit out of you. And or he, you accidentally shot lasers out of your eyes a la um, Cyclops. Right. <laughs> like it's it's a scary humanizing thing and i liked for a split second they showed that and you're just like yeah. oh wow it is a scared kid and he doesn't know what's going on but then they immediately just like shot yeah. all goodwill that they earned with that moment by being like uh kevin costner is going to show you the spaceship we found you in and you're just going to be totally fine with it yeah like there is no there was such opportunity for kevin costner to be like we found you in this spaceship and him to be like what the fuck <laughs> like <laughs> Are you Watch your language, Clark? Are you serious? Like I'm a fucking alien. Like, but there was none of that. He, Kevin Costner was literally like, "We found you in the spaceship," and he was like, "Cool." Oh, okay. I get it now. That makes sense. Yeah. And it's like, no, it doesn't. <laughs> well, and another thing that I think the one. <laughs> yes. oh <my> God. <laughs> I can't get over this idea of we found you in the spaceship. Cool. What's for dinner? Right, that's but that's how they played it in the movie. Like there's li- they literally only address it for a minute and Clark is like, "Wow. Thank you for being honest with me." <laughs> yeah. And I'm just like, "No, you're not freaking the <laughs> fuck out that they're like you came from another planet. We don't even know where you're from. You're 14. You be- you freak out if you have hair on your balls. Right. Like you came from another goddamn planet. Act like it." Right. And he's just like, "All right. Thanks for being understanding." Now, I will say, I think Kevin Costner's the best part of that movie. Totally. I really do think him as like him and, and the wife as and Martha as, um, you know, parents trying to navigate right. this with Clark is the best part of that film. But the problem with it is that it has to have a very realistic human element to it. Right. And when Zack Snyder does that, it's either no response or a wrong response like the right. oh, thanks I'm from another planet. Or it goes super heavy into melodrama. Like, oh, I agree. Oh, there were horses next to our farm, and we I got right. a cake. And it's like, you're so close. Well, it's like almost there. It it made me realize, too, when they when they did that backdoor sequel to Twister right in the middle of The Man of Steel. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and Kevin Costner just gets taken yeah. by a tornado. <laughs> yes. And his piece of advice to Clark is like, don't save me because I don't want you to expose yourself. Yeah. But then he Clark continues to just expose himself for the remainder of the movie. (laughs) And it's like, okay, so it's fine to do it when you're openly killing other people later in the movie because you're fighting Zod. But your dad is like, don't, 
It's like you, you can know, easily save me. And you know what? To be honest, probably nobody's paying attention to that. Right. Everybody's more concerned about this F five fucking tornado well, that is around. Even, us. And even that, it's like, don't save me. But like, if you flew into the tornado to save me. People would be like, look at that tornado picking up that small child. Right. Not like, look at that small child flying. Right. They would definitely, one goddamn week later, saying, look at that small child lifting a bus. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, like, it seems like for some reason when they wrote this movie, the – and now I think – I may like you know I'm gonna double check this before I say it. Was was Goyer involved? He was okay. So David Goyer is involved with this. He's, David S. Goyer. He's another one of those for me that's a real like wild card. Uh-huh. Um, because he was also involved with the Dark Knight trilogy. Yes, which is fantastic. Yes, but he was also involved with the Shield television uh, attempt. Do you remember this? Are you aware of what, what? this is with David Hasselhoff? Oh, I thought you meant like the shield with Michael Chiklis. And I was like, that's really good. Oh, no, no, no. I'm talking about shield, the Marvel universe. Um, Agents of shield. No, no. Oh. With David Hasselhoff as um, as uh, fuck Nick Fury. Oh, no, no, no. Mm-hmm. That's thanks to David Goyer. He's also on Blade, the series. Mm hmm. Yeah. Uh, so David Goyer is one of those where like I'm starting to feel more and more like he just accidentally succeeds sometimes or, or goes up and quite literally a ball of f- flame with, he did uh he did ghost Rider spirit of vengeance, the screenplay for enough that. said. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. Like when somebody can be involved with something so successful and so brilliantly done like the dark Knight, but mm-hmm. then can also in their same repertoire have <laughs> movies such as those, um, it makes me go, I don't think it's his involvement that made those movies. I think it's probably Jonathan and Christopher the, Nolan. You know what takes me so far out of the David S. Goyer camp is he can earn as much clout as he wants for me for being a part of the Batman um, Nolan franchise. Sure. But I will put all the credit on Nolan because David S. Goyer wrote Jumper. With, there you go. With Hayden Christensen. Proof positive. Like, that to me is like the one notch on your bell. It's like, yeah, you brought me a cake for my birthday. And yeah, you actually really, you know, chipped in for a, a gift that I really liked. But you did shoot my dog. So that's going to overshadow right. the nice things that you did. Right, exactly. So that that to me is, I think that's problematic. Um, and we've talked about, you know, the, Zack Snyder and we'll talk about him some more. Another thing that's problematic for me about Man of Steel, and this is problematic, I think, for the whole DCEU, but Man of Steel and Dawn of Justice in particular, is the Superman story, the Superman comics, the original Superman movies, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. there has to be an element of light and color and fun. Sure. Superman is a fun, uplifting, positive character. And when you mire all of that in dirt, it takes away something inherently optimistic about Superman. Like, you can't just tell me he's an optimistic person, but then rub everything else in shit. And let's make no qualms about it. This and also Batman v Superman, they are bleak fucking movies. Well, even, have you seen, I think there was a video that came out a couple years ago where they showed the original footage of Man of Steel next to the dark grain filter that Zack Snyder put on it. Uh The original looks fantastic. Like there's bright blues and there's colors and there's greens. 
And then he put that filter on it and it looks so bleak and dire. And honestly, if he had just taken that off right there is a better movie. Oh, I agree. And see, that's the weird thing. And let's let's do a Marvel comparison real quick, because Lord knows DCU, they're not trying to avoid the comparisons. They're trying to compete. They want their their whole goal when they said, "Okay, we're going to make a Marvel Cinematic Universe. They're trying to ape what they already saw Marvel become very successful at. But here is one of the things that I think Marvel gets 100% credit for is they do not, under any circumstances, take themselves too seriously. No. They have zero problem poking fun at their own characters. They have zero problem um, engaging people like like the ridiculous things that I said, like him having a freakout moment if he re- was told that he was an alien. That feels like something that would be right at home in a Marvel Cinematic Universe movie because the character would just be like, what? That's like, like the first half of Ant-Man. Exactly. <laughs> it's him basically. He, he has one of my favorite lines in all of the Marvel Cinematic Universe when after he fights the Falcon, uh-huh. he comes back and they're like asking him about it and they're like, yeah, did you get the part? And he stops them and Paul Rudd is like, can we just take a minute? To recognize the fact that I just fought an Avenger yeah. and didn't die. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's just this very, like, on the nose kind of like, yeah, you have to acknowledge that this is the world yeah. that you live in. And, well, and you know to do another I mean? Paul Rudd uh, nod is in Civil War when they open the van and he meets Captain America. He's like, oh, big fan, by the way. Like, they have that levity and they, do, like you said, don't take themselves too seriously. I think that's a downfall of the DCEU is they always try and take themselves too seriously, not realizing that comic books, their popularity is inherently built off of the fun. Of course. The fun of those movies. Now, don't get me wrong. There are some bleak comics that are fantastic. Oh, of course. Well, and that's actually a question. I want to step away from the Zack Snyder hate fest for just a second. Okay. One of the things that I think, and this isn't the DCEU, but I almost think that DC does better in one-off movies. Totally. Because like if you look at the if you look at the canon of DC movies that have been made into features that aren't a part of long like arcing stories, you've got like V for Vendetta, mm-hmm. which was very good. You've got Watchmen, which was very good. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, it was good. It was good enough. You've got uh man, I've got a note. I've got a couple notes here. Um you've got Road to Perdition. Mm-hmm. That's a DC one. You've got uh, History of Violence. Mm-hmm. That's a DC one. Um, so when, when they do those like graphic novel one-off adaptations, the source material is there, and they can do those very well. I mean, even, let's say, not taking themselves too seriously, hell, Lego Batman is technically DC, mm-hmm. and that one's great. Brilliant. And that's where they're missing. They either need to stick with doing one-off stories and not trying to build this right. universe. And that could be part of the problem too, is they're always going to be compared to the MCU, which I do not think in any universe they can compete with. No, I agree. So if they just built a canon of DC properties that exist as themselves, that could be extremely successful. Right. And I think they need to take a more... I don't want to say lo-fi approach, but I think I think they're focused more on the uh, all of their movies feel way more focused on the spectacle of like look at this character that you've wanted to see and less about like 
here's an interesting story about this character that you want to see. Like, right. It's more so just like, look at it. You've wanted to see them in right. costume. Here it is for an hour. And I will also say one of the things that I think the DCEU could do <clears throat> to kind of fill that gap in the need is that I honestly think the MCU is filling the gap of, I love this thing and I want to see it portrayed. Mm -hmm. They can do that better than anybody. Mm -hmm. I think the DCEU needs to take the stance of, here are a bunch of things that you've never heard of. Yeah. That we can do well. Like they need to pull from their back catalog, like get away from Batman. As much as you and I both love Batman. Totally. Don't do another Batman movie Step for away like from 10 it. years. Yep. Don't do a Flash movie. Don't, don't do a Superman movie. Don't do a Superman movie. Do a Shazam. Do a Black Adam. Do a The Adam. Right. Do um, some more of these, like, you know. Uh, the maybe, ancillary characters. Do yeah. a Green Arrow movie, even. Hell yeah. Um, and then then in 10 years, do a, uh, do a Batman movie, but do The Long Halloween. No, fuck that. I want to see a fucking Arkham Asylum Batman movie. That would be great. So I just want to see, and they there was rumors that that's what Ben Affleck's Batman movie was going to be for a hot second. Right. It was just going to be the whole thing, much like the Arkham Asylum game, was just going to be him stuck in Arkham Asylum with all awesome. of these this awesome pantheon of villains that he has. Yeah. And just him surviving the night. Yeah. With all, and I was like, holy fuck. I want that so bad. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I just, would totally get on board for because that. Because you could have Detective Batman. Yeah. You know what I mean? He could be like sneaking around. He's got to be like, you know, stealthy and shadowy. It's not just brawly Batman yeah. who like shows up and punches the shit out of things. And I do not need, for any of these characters, do not need another origin story nope. movie. Do not give me that. Nope. Do not give nope. me that. that. And that's that's that would be, for me, that's their perfect in yeah. for a lot of these villains. Don't show, I don't care how they came about. Yeah. I mean, even the, even the Wonder Woman movie that's coming out today. It's an origin story. It, yeah. Give me a Wonder Woman movie, but don't tell me where she came from. Like, I'm sorry. I don't care. I care about the character. I right. don't care about where she came right. from. You're, you want to spend 45 minutes before she gets in the costume. Yeah. I came for a Wonder Woman movie. Yeah. I do not want to watch half of the movie without her being Wonder Woman. And listen, I do not need her mother's servants weaving the whip. Right. Just show me the goddamn whip. Right. Exactly. But see, I think that's another thing that the DCU gets wrong that Guardians of the Galaxy, for example, in Marvel got right. The only character that they truly gave a backstory in that entire movie was Peter Quill. And he is one of a group yes. of characters. Now, they peppered in information throughout the rest of the film. Which is fun. Which is fun. They gave you a little bit of Gamora's yeah, backstory. Drax's family got killed. Right. But they weren't like, let's show it. All right. Yeah. And this is where he got the blades. And, and this is how he became that. Another compliment to Guardians of the Galaxy, which, by the way, is one of my favorite Marvel movies ever. Um Peter Quill's backstory, first three and a half minutes of the movie, and then it's done. And that's it. That's it. Exactly. And that's kind of, that's what I'm saying. They, Marvel, Marvel does it right. Even with, um, let's see, let me pick just another random Marvel movie. Um, Fantastic Four. <laughs> no, not that one. That's not MCU either. Uh, so. Th Thor. As okay. much as I didn't, I'm not a big fan of the first two Thor movies, they're, they weren't mired down in like, here is the history of Asgard and right. where he came from. And there's not, there's no, um, what's his dad's name? It's not Zeus. Um, God, Odin. Yeah. There's no like 
Simon ver- v-, v Simon, like him going through the adoption process no. of Loki and them struggling as brothers. You just sort of get it. Right. And so uh, now I will say that there are exceptions to that. Iron Man did an origin story, but I will say that Iron Man's origin story was integral to the movie because it showed his, because the entire point of Iron Man was him change his, his character arc, Mm -hmm. his arc of going from a asshole weapons manufacturer who didn't give a shit about anyone but himself and his end up arc at the end of the movie, spoiler alert, was that he was supposed to kind of start to realize that, hey, maybe he should pay attention to the mark that he's leaving on the world. And I would actually throw this out there, is that Iron Man's origin story, the first hour, hour and 15 minutes of that movie, is the origin story for the whole MCU. Because, let's take Civil War, for instance. The only reason that you know Captain America and Iron Man are at odds is because Iron Man or uh, Tony Stark still has so much battle wounds and so many scars from what he did that he that's what led to his decision to take the stance that he took in Civil War like it has provided fodder for every movie thereafter you know it's what it's the genesis of ultron it's why he didn't want to make you know what ultron became it's he made it as a defense system <clears throat> it provided an arc for the entire mcu but they don't reshow it it's not it's not bruce wayne's parents getting shot in an alley every single movie oh i couldn't agree more and you know we should have a companion piece to this where we do one about you know the the, the MCU, MCU. But, um, you know, to kind of deep dive back into the DCU um, and moving off of Man of Steel, since we kind of brought up Batman, they did Man of Steel. It was kind of critically panned. Yeah. Um, fan reaction to it was very mixed. And some of the fan reaction I didn't even agree with on why they said it's a bad movie. Like, oh, Superman kills Zod at the end. I was I actually no kind of fine with that. with that. Totally. There were other issues of that movie. Sure, and I think we touched on yeah. the majority of them. I, Like I said, I kind of liked that movie. I went and saw it in the theater. I saw a screening of it. I enjoyed it. Um, so fast forward a little bit, and they were like, okay, we're going to do... Um, we're going to do a movie that's been long gestating for a long time. We're going to do Batman v Superman. Yeah. Now, they've been talking about Batman v Superman for decades. I think, and I honestly believe that the genesis of that movie wasn't because they had a fantastic story. No. It was because people, quote unquote, people want to see this and it can lead into Justice Justice League. League. Right. And so they were originally like, okay, we're not going to reboot Batman. And I was totally okay with that. I was like, okay, so you're going to like do a sideways reboot. Like you're just going to recast. You're going to have an already existing Batman and you're not going to give him an origin. And then story. you saw the first 5 minutes of that movie. And then I was like, god damn it. This isn't even a Batman movie and you still fucking shoehorned in. Yeah. The fucking origin story. I was like, I don't I get it. I know honestly, I I don't care if you are a film fan. I don't care if you're a comic fan. I don't care if you even know what a comic book is. I can almost guarantee you, unless you were three years old, you know how the fuck Batman got made. <laughs> yes. Like, you know. It's just like in the pop culture zeitgeist. And they cast like huge actors as those roles. For like 
five seconds of yeah. screen time. So that was that was problem number one. As soon as I started watching that movie, I'm like, oh, you motherfucker. Like, I was so jazzed for that movie. Like, yeah. I was the hype was real. I was like, holy shit, they're just going to dive straight into Batman. Batman's already existed. He's a grizzled Batman. This is going to be like the Dark Knight yeah. Batman, you know? This is going to be Batman the, year one. Yeah. No, not year one. Oh, no, not year one. Uh, Batman the. Dark Knight. Dark Knight Returns. Dark Knight Returns. Thank you. Um, This is going to be Dark Knight Returns, Batman. Um, And I was jazzed for it. Then they were like, well, we're going to make it Batman v Superman, but we also want it to set up the Justice League. And I was like, okay, first off, you're reaching too far now. Yeah. Back it up. Back it up. There is a great story to be told. We saw it in The Dark Knight Returns. There's a great story to be told that focus solely on Superman and Batman. Do that. <laughs> let's let's just let's just do leave that. just leave that. I don't need you. And that was the main problem. I feel like they were like once again they looked straight past the movie they were making. And they were more concerned with the movies they were going to make afterwards. Right. And so they're like, okay, well, we need to, like, let's put them all in there. Let's fucking, like, figure out a way to, let's, like, have the Flash in there. And you know what? Let's have, like, Wonder Woman in it through the whole thing. Yeah. But for no reason. And she really won't play any sort of, like, beneficial part in the movie. We just want people to see her. We want to be able to market the fact that this is going to be the first on-screen appearance of Wonder Woman. And uh and and she does get Lex Luthor's she does hack Lex Luthor's graphic design department. That 100% could have just been Batman. You know what I mean? Let Batman be Detective Batman. Batman is supposed to find out this information. I don't need Wonder Woman to come in and get the information, give it to Bruce Wayne and then suddenly be like, "Oh, by the way, I'm going to help you." Yeah. I don't know either of you guys, but and then again with Dawn of Justice, which even the title, God damn it, it it's it should have just been parentheses prequel. Don't care about this one. Dawn of Justice League. Like, come on, right? It was like right there for you to actually make a movie. It could have been just Batman v Superman. Hard stop. That's it. And and again. The pantheon of what they had in this movie. Lawrence Fishburne came back. Henry Cavill. Fucking Amy Adams. Ben, ben Affleck, Affleck does really well. Right, let's address Jeremy that, Irons. When they cast Ben Affleck. Huge uproar. There was a huge fucking backlash. People were like, he's going to be the fucking worst Batman ever. And I, not to pat myself on the back, I was one of those who said, look, I'm not a huge Affleck fan. But, let's be honest, Affleck as a has really come into his own as a storyteller. Mm-hmm. I know he knows how to handle characters. Mm-hmm. It's been several years since Daredevil, and I have forgiven him. Yeah. And his look, the older he gets, it kind of looks like Bruce Wayne. Like, he totally could pull off the Batman the Animated Series version of a Bruce Wayne. And I actually think I haven't listened to the episode in a while, but I think both you and I are on record on this podcast saying we're going to give him a chance because we're not going to make any judgments. And the example that I kept going back to with the exact same thing happened with Heath Ledger and the Joker. Oh yeah. Everybody exact. was like, people what? Were like, Oh, he's you know, 10 things I hate about you and bro- broke back mountain. He can't do this. He can't do this. And then he's the best. He's one of the best ever. Oh yeah. And so 
I was very much in the same boat as you saying, I'm just going to wait and see what Ben Affleck does with it. And then I will judge, I will judge what he does. And quite honestly, him and Jeremy Irons are the best part of that movie. And, and to second that, that he was the critics favorite part of the movie. Almost unanimously, his performance as Batman was praised. Everybody's like, he's the Batman we want to see. This is, he is the best part of that movie. And smartly, and I, I don't know if this is a Zack Snyder thing or somebody else, but smartly they did get away from the like the one critic uh, critical thing about the Dark Knight trilogy is um, uh, his yeah Batman. the bad voice he uses a modulator right it's like okay yeah totally he's a tech guy he's a you know he's got right. a suit sure this this was also a brand new version of the suit that we hadn't seen on screen mm-hmm. since Tim Burton did it we've seen a consistently black suit with the exception of the Joel suit Schumacher <laughs> silver <laughs> suit at some point which you know what let's just eh, it's whatever past that um but it's, it's been a consistently kind of black suit it's mm-hmm. black and gold has been kind of like the running thing or black and yellow if we want to go Burton. Right. But this is the first time that we saw a much more comic booky styled version of the suit. It was the gray suit with the, you know, black cowl with the big black, you know, right. bat logo on his chest. Um, that was super in the nubby ears instead yeah. of like the really long tall and ears. They were functional. Totally. The nubby ears had like sensors and shit in them. Like, the Batman elements of this movie, and this is another one, and I know I say this all the time, and I'm so sorry to beat a dead Batman, but <laughs> it was so close to being good. It was almost it there. It had so many elements. Honestly, I had a very uh, a very nervous, no pun intended, very nervous reaction to Jesse Eisenberg being cast. Yeah. As Lex Luthor, I remember being like, I don't know how that's going to play out. I watched it. He's Jesse Eisenberg. Right. He's being the neurotic, double-talking kind of, you yeah. know, uh, ADD. He's he's Mark Zuckerberg more evil. Totally. 100%. Um, I was fine with that. Honestly, and before we get off Jesse Eisenberg, I had a lot of people, people that I talked to, critics, you know, I think even you and I have had this conversation. There is a simple, easy fix to Jesse Eisenberg's character in this movie. Don't you don't even have to change anything about it. But cement that he is not Lex Luthor. Cement and make evident that he is Lex Luthor's son. Son. Yes. That fixes the whole thing because then he's an egomaniac trying to live up to his dad's potential. Right. You can reference that his dad and Batman had issues or Superman had issues like long back, although that would kind of mess with the timeline of Man of Steel. But that's an easy fix because he then you don't have to compare him to Gene Hackman. You don't have to compare him totally. to the the comics, uh, and you don't have to make him bald. Yeah, <laughs> you don't have to do any of that. It could just be Jesse Eisenberg inheriting his dad's business and trying to live almost like a kind of a Trump type situation, right. inheriting a business that he's not fit to run, and sort of egomaniacally going after power. That that. Fits and his performance is fine for that. Totally, I 100% agree. So you had you had that. I think that's a very good observation. Um, but then they did, like I said, there's a there's a real air, and you know, to compare to the MCU again, um, the MCU feels like they take such care in their characters and how they are portrayed. There is no level of of Marvel just going, 
I mean, that's fine. Just do whatever you want. Right. Um, as long as it looks cool, that's fine. I feel like they take a lot of time and effort in seeking out directors that have specific mm-hmm. voices or visions that play to their individual characters' strengths. Um, you know, look at uh, Favreau, who did yeah. um, Iron Man, Iron Man, and Iron Man Two. Um, now Iron Man Two not so great, but it, he had done. Uh, I, I immediately always went to Zathura as like right. an awesome kind of like cool stylized action movie. Um, then you've got uh, let's see, Kenneth Branagh brought in for Thor, right? Um, which Shane, is interesting. Very Shane Black, Shane Black for Iron Man Three, which is one of my favorite Iron Man. Um, you've got uh, Joss Whedon for the mm-hmm. Avengers. But and they picked him because no one better than Joss Whedon to handle a large ensemble cast yep. and make sure all characters are fleshed out because that is what Joss Whedon is known for. Yeah. So they went, okay, well, this is a director who is known for this, has nerd community cred. Let's bring him in. That makes sense for the movie. Um, and so they've continued to do that um, with uh, who, who's directing the Black Panther. Oh, um, oh. Crap! Is, is it Coogler? Uh, no, I don't think so. Hold on, let me look it up. It's the guy who did um, the James Brown movie, I think. Um, but it's. I feel like they have, they have really. Right. Yeah. Oh no, you're it right. Is it's Coogler. Ryan, it is Coogler. He did. Um, he did. Uh, Creed. Yes, and but he, they took a movie that, and they said, okay, well, um, let's take someone who understands kind of the the black view point and let's let's let them have that like let's let him really explore that instead of just kind of glossing over it right let's let's deep dive into it and then pun intended they almost got it right with ant-man oh man by letting edgar wright do most of it and to be fair there's edgar wright's fingerprints are all over which Ant-Man. make that movie work and yeah you know, we spend a lot of time talking about mcu but each of their movies while part of a whole add a different color and to flavor it to each one. you know some are comedy some are historical pieces you know you can take the captain america movie that, that you like as sort of a historical piece that they're aping for wonder woman by the way I'm which was basic let's be fair uh Captain America First Avenger is basically the Rocketeer and it was directed by (laughs) Joe Johnson who directed the Rocketeer and I'm totally fine with that. Um, And they've got a heist movie with Ant-Man. They've got, you know, the action packs, you know, with Iron Man. They've got mythology movies with Thor and they all have a different feel. And they have got a space opera with Guardians of the Galaxy, who the director there. Which honestly felt like a 70s kind of like exploitation throwback. Super bright colors, really hip soundtrack. Um or retro soundtrack, really kind of retro feel to it. I give 100% credit to James Gunn. Oh, on that totally. One for that's, that, because that's, that's his, him. that's his MO. Yeah. But they've done that. And every movie while feel, while feeling connected feels very self-contained. Let's take that back to the DCEU. That is not happening in the no. DCEU because of Zack Snyder. But see, I also feel like they're just trying to make the same movie over right. and over again. They think they have a formula, and the formula is origin story, big bad, save the day. Right. Very, like, color by numbers kind of thing. They're not going, what's an interesting take on The Flash? What's an interesting take right. on Batman? 
they're not they're not trying to break out of the mold in any way. They feel very homogenized, very prepackaged, very kind of like let's just make it darker and put in more action. Well, and I think problem part, solved. I think part of that is they got too caught up in the fact that Christopher Nolan did a good job. And they cannot break out of that mold. They cannot say, well, Christopher Nolan did these styles of super superhero movies. Let's let someone else do their style. Like, I really thought Suicide Squad would be good because David Ayers does good with those types of things. Totally. Here is where, and I, want, I know we need to kind of wrap this up, but... I was going to say, we can even, if you want, we could break this up into yeah. two. We could make it Dawn of Podcast <laughs> and uh, the Podcast League. But okay, here is what I think to put a button on it, get rid of Zack Snyder to fix the DCEU. But here is where the DCEU, and this is a million dollar, a billion dollar idea for them. And I want to hear your take on this. Okay. What the one, what's the major problem with the MCU, the Marvel movies? If you would have to put a button on what the problem with the Marvel movies are pretty consistently, what is it? Ooh, I don't know. Okay, I'll give you my theory. Yes, please. They're villains. I okay. don't think they ever really have great villains. Outside of like maybe Loki. Okay. They're villains. That's usually what's panned by critics is that the villains aren't well established, thought out, et cetera, et cetera. Sure. The MCU is the hero universe. If DC wants to fix their fucked up system, DCU, DCEU needs to be the villain universe but i feel like they tried to do that with suicide squad but, but, but let me okay. let me go through that's that was all Zack snyder i 100 percent believe that was Zack snyder because suicide squad should have been good if david ayers was just left to his own whatever they want it to be darker than marvel sure the dc in my opinion has the better villains totally if you look at you know um i mean obviously the batman pantheon of villains you've got you know suicide squad villains that is where you know, you got Zod for Superman and Kingpin and Lex Luthor. That to me, if they really want to differentiate yet complement the MCU, they need to make theirs squarely focused on not making villains the major characters of the movies, but making them the best aspects of superhero films. Did you, I, I'm sorry, I just have to correct you before people do. Kingpin is Marvel. That's right. All right. Yeah. You're right. Okay. That's it. I, I, I'm I not, not trying to make nope. a point out. I just wanted to say it. Correct. Sustained. Okay. <laughs> um, but they need to flesh out their villains yes. and have them be what you go to those movies to see is like, oh my God, how is Lex Luthor going to use like outsmart Superman? How is, you know, Deathstroke going to overpower Batman like though that's where they need to focus and spend their time on because let's take Dawn of Justice as an example one of the problems with Dawn of Justice is they can never decide who the big bad is it's Lex Luthor ha for most of the movie Doomsday is tacked in there at the end for a big set piece but Doomsday should be a bigger deal than just some creation by Lex Luthor for a 45 minute CG battle scene at the end that's how the DCU takes a foothold in a universe and makes it something that people want to go see is how often do we love to see good villains? I agree with that. And I will to further your, your pitch and give credence to it. I will point to the dark Knight as an example. I feel like the dark Knight is basically the Joker movie. Yeah. 
and then Batman, to a certain extent, just kind of feels ancillary. And like, even even their take on Two Face, right? While he's not in it a whole lot, what they did with him in that movie is was very very good. But that movie pretty much focuses on the villains and mm-hmm. kind of their plan and their route, and mm-hmm. it's pretty much just Batman for two and a half hours running around trying to stop them. Yeah. Instead of being like, here's Batman going about his business, and here's these villains, but let's watch everything from Batman's perspective. It's really Batman is being very reactionary Mm -hmm. as opposed to being the driving force. Exactly. And we love... So I 100% agree with you. We love good villains, and that's where Suicide Squad messed up, in my opinion, is that they didn't flesh out the characters enough. They didn't give enough enough us enough reason to care about them. They took some missteps with you know like the Joker and and, and Killer Croc, um, and uh, and was it the guy, the Indian guy who dies immediately? Slingshot. Oh uh, no, uh, Slipknot. Slipknot. Um, the band. Uh, <laughs> they that needed to be. Don't make them heroes. Don't make me try and like. Oh, they're gonna save the day. Even the villain, quote unquote villain in that movie, the witch, was terrible. Yeah. It was awful. Make them villains that the only way to overcome an evil is them being more evil. Right. That's what I want to see. I don't need to care about them. Right. I want to see them be villains and be great at it. But see, that feels like a studio thing to me all the way. That's the studio not being confident in their characters, mm-hmm. not being like, well, people aren't going to accept rooting for a villain. You you watch Dexter. Yeah. People tuned into Dexter and watched a dude literally butcher people. Right. And they still enjoyed him and still rooted for him. So I feel like that's just them underestimating the audience and kind of placating and dumbing things down. They were mansplaining it to us. That's uh, basically they, what they were doing. They were. They were like, oh, but they can be villains, but they're not going to be too bad of villains because we still need you to care about them. And the only way to do that is if we manipulate you into yeah. like trying to think that they're still okay. It's like, no, just let a, just let them be villains. Yeah. We're we're an adult audience. We can handle it. You know what I mean? Like, it's fine. And the more I think about this, the more convinced I am that this is the way to go because I mean let's like take let's look back through American cinema classics like Taxi Driver he's fucking villain right I'm sorry he is Godfather they're mob bosses Schindler's List what's the best part of Schindler's List Ralph Fiennes right um Hannibal uh Silence of the Lambs Hannibal Hannibal. Lecter is that movie um no I I had a couple more that, that have floated away from my brain but People go to movies and stories to see conflict. And when MCU has a handle on making the lighthearted heroes that you love, DC does not need to do that. And they don't need to do it. They don't need to juxtapose themselves against it by making their heroes darker. They need to make their villains better. I 100% agree with that. I I think that is a perfect button for this episode is because yeah. we've talked about some of the things that are wrong, but... We have now, or you have, given them of what I perceive to be a very valid point as to how to fix their universe. Yeah. They need to focus on the villains. I think that's great. Marvel, Marvel focuses on heroics. They need to focus on the villains. And if they do that, then you're not even competing against yeah. Marvel anymore. You have created your own you know, your own lane. Yeah. And that is the lane that you're in. I would have loved to see, there was talk for a while that they were going to do a dark justice league with Guillermo del Toro. Well, now it's going to be a cartoon or just right. But I would have, I would have fucking loved that. Like show me Constantine. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Show me Swamp Thing. They, thank you. Swamp Thing is actually what I think they need to do to reboot the DCEU. Swamp Thing is a villain. Give you know what? Give um, I, 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 it's gonna be a weird example, but like James James Wan, give James Wan or Guillermo del Toro Swamp Thing and make a movie that fucking scares. Well, you the know shit James Wan is involved already with, in, with the MCU. I mean the DCU. Yeah, he's but doing I'm, Aquaman. But what I'm saying is, give him Swamp Thing. Give him I something agree. that he can scare but, me with. But that's my point. I feel like they're not playing to the strengths of their directors either. That that's it. Let's hire James Wan. Known suspense director to do aquatic love story, right? And it's just like, what? Like, no, let's hire Zack Snyder to do important character driven pathos. No, no, like, stop. No, like, you just you're not understanding your choices. So, I think, yes, villains fire your creative team that's currently <laughs> there and bring in, bring in, you know, you, you know, who I think. A director who's actually coming up could have done Superman the right way. Who? Or Batman, even. Um, Jeremy Saulnier. The guy who did Blue Ruin and Green Room. Okay. Give I, give no, him the reins of a character story. No, I gotcha. Give, give him a Batman. Yeah, Batman. Okay. That would be good. Give Neil Blomkamp a Superman. Oh, yes! Yes! He can do alien fish-out-of-water stories with a human spin. He can do characters going through horrific changes like in District 9 where you slowly watch this character train change from a human into an alien. Give me a Neil Blomkamp Superman. Yeah. Yeah. Right? That's what I'm saying. Cast your films properly with the correct creative teams. And then show me Lex Luthor being a force to be reckoned with, not just a, a... a scrambling kid. Right. I don't care if it's Jesse Eisenberg. I think he's a fine actor. Like, I think when he finds it, something he's good at, he can do it well, but he needs that story around him. 100% and agree. Give Lex Luthor, make, make me scared of him in the movie. I could not agree more. So, okay. And let me, I think they're doing it still with wonder woman. This is where I'm scared for this movie. Who's the villain in wonder woman. I have no idea. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It doesn't matter to them. They're just like, it doesn't matter. You're going to watch Wonder Woman. It should matter. Right. It should. I don't and think any... Have they even shown a villain in any of the trailers? It's... um, it, They 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 have referenced who it is. I forget his name, but he's like the god of war. Oh. He's the fire. Is it Ares? Ares, the god of war. He's the villain. And they have shown him a shoulder and an arm in, for half a second in one trailer. A foreign trailer. That's such a misstep. Yeah. The fact that it's coming out in like two weeks and you don't know who the villain is is a problem. <laughs> that is a problem. That is a problem. Plus, you've got you've gotten just this like crazy amount of turmoil behind the scenes too. <clears throat> I think the Flash has gone through like three different directors at this point. It has and- signed on originally. It was going to be Seth Graham Smith. Um, is that that's his name right? I the guy who so. did uh, Pride and Prejudice and Zombies and yeah. all that shit, um, which would have been fine. It would have been interesting. Then they did a. Uh, then it was going to be the director of Dope, I think, for a minute. Oh, really? Um, yep. Who then dropped out again? Um, and now they're supposedly the last thing I read was a little crazy. Uh, is that they were talking with uh, Robert Zemeckis? I heard that too. I read to that do like the Flash. a couple days ago, and they said the short list is Robert Zemeckis and Sam Raimi. Yeah. I... Now here's the deal. I loved. 
Sam Raimi. Yeah. That the Wizard of Oz or whatever shit that he did, that was awful. An awful movie. Um, the last good thing I think that he did that I enjoyed was Drag Me to Hell. I was about to say, Drag Me to Hell and Spider-Man, uh, the original Spider-Man. Spider-Man 2 was yeah. probably where Spider- he peaked. Yeah. The Spider-Man? The Spider-Man. Yeah. Um, but, so, I don't know. I just feel like they're really just kind of like scattershot grasping at straws. They're just kind of like firing shit all over the place. Yeah. Well, let's just see what sticks. Like, we have no creative direction. Yeah. It's just kind of like whatever works. Well, High Five the Podcast has just given them creative direction. They, they need to look at MCU and see what's not working, which is their villains. They need to look at their canon and say, you know what? We have the best villains in the comic can- in the comic world. Let's capitalize on that. I will make you an offer, DC. Have J and Q guide your your DC cinematic universe. Oh, man. It's going to be better than it is now. We will fix it. We will put villains as the primary focus. And we will make you the hot topic of movies. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. Uh, so if you guys have any ideas or concepts or thoughts on how to fix the DCU, um, how to uh, how to fire Zack Snyder, how they should go about having that talk with him, um, feel free to absolutely shoot it over to us uh, via Twitter. You can reach out at us at at high number five the podcast. Um, Facebook is high five the podcast. Our website is high five the podcast dot com. All spelled All- out. All letteros, no numeros. Um, and then, obviously, you can email us at my5 at high5thepodcast.com or check us out on Letterboxd. Um, you know, it's it's a, it's a site that we're kind of getting more into every week. So, um, I mean, definitely comment on this episode if you're listening to it on SoundCloud or our website. Drop us a, drop us a five-star. Yeah, do five it. Five-star review. It really helps out the show on iTunes or wherever you listen. Give us a good review. Drop us a comment. It helps uh, spread the word, and it helps us get more... Um, highly ranked so other people can enjoy it as much as you you hopefully do. So, totally. Um, we really appreciate it. We interact with everybody who messages us, and we love all the comments that we get. So, um, yeah, give us your thoughts on what's wrong with the DCU and how to fix it. Uh, let us know if you like our focus on the villains idea and share some of your favorite DC villains that they should bring in to this universe. I'd love to see it. Um, and then, you know, for all the DC execs listening, because I know you are, you're very welcome. We've literally just solved a problem for you. You are very welcome. And it's time, Jay, it's time for us to go because uh, the hookers and blower here, Zack Snyder got <laughs> okay, it. Okay, good. So and that's that's our cue to leave. All right. Bye, guys. See ya. Hey, High Five the fans. This Sunday, come down to the Crying Wolf in East Nashville for the first ever High Five colon home movies movie watching VHS experience. That's now, right. That is this Sunday... June the 4th, it is your first opportunity to watch movies with the High Five guys in person, live at the Crying Wolf in East Nashville. They're going to have themed drinks, themed food, we'll be selling popcorn, it's only $4, and cue what movie are we going to be watching? We're going to be watching the cinema classic, Attack of the Puppet People. I personally can't wait. Me neither. And neither can you. Your life just may depend on it. Come see us this Sunday.